Hello? Hey, Sid, it's me. Dewey? <laughs> oh, my God. How are you? Sid, it, it's happening again. Some idiot in a ghost face mask. Three attacks so far. Something about this one just feels different. Do you have a gun? I'm Sydney Prescott. Of course I have a gun. Hi, and welcome to Bloodiger Screen Movie Club Extra Screen. It's a lot to say in one mouthful. This is a bonus episode reserved for films that we just can't wait for the main show. I am your host, Mark Goddard. And joining me on my journey through film, there are three film-loving co-hosts who are always joining me, as always. First up, the final girl of Bloody Good Screen, Chloe Davies. Hello. The Deputy Dewey to my gal Weathers, Niall Whitlock. <laughs> Thanks. <laughs> Wait a minute. Does that, <laughs> does that mean we're together? Aw. I, I didn't pick no one out. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> That and was, he is definitely. Ki- <laughs> that was a weird way for me to find out. <laughs> <laughs> and he's definitely the killer. Just look at him. It's Marcus Wallace. Hello. It's what the police think as well. <laughs> we have it's a always the boyfriend. Position. It's always the boyfriend. <clears throat> <laughs> Wait, <laughs> what? <laughs> Doesn't that make it Dewey? In which case, Niall is the killer. So following on from our first. <laughs> So, following on from our first episode, we had a rare group meet-up, uh, minus Chloe, unfortunately. But to see the last installment of the Scream franchise, we just had to get together as a group. Um, so, again, yeah, guys, first time we've seen each other as a trio for about two years since uh, old COVID. Yep. <laughs> we've, we've tried our hardest. <laughs> Sounded like you had a we, great we time. <laughs> yeah. It was pretty good. You, you were there. You were there, Chloe, remember? Oh, yeah. We got a picture there to prove it. Yeah, you were course. there in spirit. In spirit. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> but no, so we had to do an extra podcast on this. I mean, obviously, we've done Scream, the Scream series up to now, as in the first episode of the podcast. So Scream 5 was a must. So this week, we are doing the last installment. A warning from the start. Bloody the Screen is a review podcast, and we will be covering the films in spoilerific detail. So if you haven't seen the film, pause it. Go to cinema, watch it now, and then come back and listen to the podcast once you're done. You have been warned, we will spoil the killer, and we will spoil all the details of this movie. We're going back to Woodsboro for a second time this month for a new slew of killings, but this time a fresh group of unsuspecting legacy teens and offspring and family members of the, of the previous movies are on the chopping block this time around. With a new killer looking to make his own reboot of the Stab movies, who could it be? Now, we discussed the opening to the first four films in the last episode, but how did you guys find the opening for this one? I mean, I found it was had the same kind of feeling as the first movie, with the killer talking to Tara in a reminiscent way of the first movie with Cece. Um, but I really liked the twist, that he kept her alive in this one, and kind of an attempt to lead the new Sydney with Sam uh, going back to town. What are your guys' thoughts on the opening? So I'm going to start with Marcus this time. So Marcus, what is your kind of thoughts on the new opening? Um, I kind of liked it because unlike the fourth one, which I know we're going to talk about the others a little bit later, uh, that one was very pushed into your face of, oh, look, we know our stereotypes. It's all a joke sort of thing. Whereas this one was very much, uh, it wanted to have more of a serious story to it and uh, have mm-hmm. a, a bit of a clever twist. So the fact that Ghostface would speak on the phone, but just in a normal voice and try to claim to be someone called Charlie that I felt was really nice because uh, mm. I, I wasn't expecting it to turn into Ghostface 
And then it started saying things that I was thinking, hang on a minute, this doesn't sound right. And then it went into Ghostface. I was like, oh, oh okay, yeah, <laughs> now it makes sense. So yeah, it was it was a nice uh, sort of beginning that made you pay attention. Uh, so it already had you hooked before it even got into the sort of killing stage. Cool. Uh, what about you now? Your thoughts on this one? Yeah, I liked it. No more 4-4 four, four break. Woo! Yeah. So like, <laughs> they listened to me in that one day that the podcast was out. Um, <laughs> so I'm taking full credit for that. Thanks. Um, although That's they exactly do do some of that a bit later on. They just don't do it at the beginning. Yeah, it was it was filmed better than the others. I'd say the actual beginning bit, mm. um, a lot more violent. Very violent this time around. Mm. How about you, Chloe? What are your thoughts on the opening this time? I know you're a fan of the previous one. Yeah, um, it built on, it built up tension really well, I think, and even that early on really addresses like a lot of issues within modern horror communities. Like you have. Tara talking about how she loves sort of elevated horror and things like that. It's a conversation that goes on quite a lot recently in the community. Um, and that also, you know, comes back later on in the film. But I do really like how each with each film they kind of build on fear of technology, not with it really being at the forefront or anything, but in this scene you kind of get the doors unlocking like electronically. And I feel like in each film you kind of have um, them sort of building on some sort of modern aspect of the time so like before we've had like the live streaming and things like that and then even in the third film you have like the voice changing thing where they can like mm. replicate other people's voices um, I really like that they kind of adapt with each film um, so yeah I, I really enjoyed it I think we can all agree that as well it's it was like Mars said very, very violent. Surprisingly violent. Yeah, everyone was like, but I think now it matches. <laughs> I think it matches though the kind of re rebooting of a lot of stuff because Halloween was very much like that as well. I think because it's a new set of filmmakers doing this. I think it's quite nice that they sort of laid out what the hell they were going to do from the moment the film started. Mm. Like just in the way it was filming, the violence of it. Just it just seemed a lot more polished than these films normally are and a bit more serious actually almost like it's sort of grown up mature um, i think you had yeah i mean if you had to do something different with it you couldn't really still stick to the uh kind of wes craven style i suppose yeah they do sort of explain yeah, that in it as well don't they like oh the fans are never going to understand if you fuck everything up are they really that mad <laughs> chloe are you really that mad i'm not but i've seen other people who are <laughs> I don't want to meet them. <laughs> you don't. <laughs> They're all on Twitter. <laughs> <I'm worried. laughs> and they, uh, obviously, again, the whole film, they work on your kind of hatred of elevated horror, which is more of a modern fan thing anyway. I know uh, Chloe is not a major fan of the old elevated horror, <laughs> but hereditary. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's not even, I, I mean, I hate the term elevated horror. I think it's stupid. But yeah, I'm not really, a th I'm not saying that they're bad, but I'm saying I think some people use it to put down other horror. And I think that's what this film is kind of trying to say in some of it is like, just because you think these films are really intelligent and above other horror doesn't mean that these other films don't have value. Uh, so yeah, mm. that's my thoughts on elevated horror. <laughs> 
we are we are all on the understanding that the Babadook is a bad film, right? I mean, I have, I've only seen it once years ago, but I did remember liking it. I think Jennifer Kent is a really great filmmaker. Um, she made The Nightingale, which is one of the most horrific films I've ever seen. Um, and yeah, she's she's great. Horrific in what way? Horrific as in. I felt slightly scarred by it. <laughs> like oh, within no. the first like half an hour of the film, like the main character had been through so much. <laughs> the ending is so depressing as well. It's just, yeah. <laughs> Let's not watch that. It's a lot. <laughs> <laughs> That's next week on the podcast. <laughs> Can I just say with the uh, sorry with the Babadook? I've just looked at Google, Google Images because I didn't know what it was. Are you sure this isn't just the Black Veil Brides brand? <laughs> Mm-hmm. Look at no, it. no, it's the exact same. If you've never heard of it, which I'm surprised you haven't, but uh, like Babadook is supposed to be one of these uh, amazing horror movies straight it's from Australian, Australia, wasn't it? Yeah, which I was never a huge fan of. There's there's certain like like people like Chloe who really did like it, but I know how to explain the Babadook. Well, you will know what the Babadook is. Well, you would have seen a little bit of it, Marcus, because it's a very popular meme. Is it? Yeah, you know where there's a kid sitting in the back of the car screaming his head off? <laughs> and <laughs> yeah. the woman's like, why can't you be normal? <laughs> yeah, if I remember That's that. from the Babadook. The Babadook also became a bit of a gay icon, which I can't remember how, but I don't I mind it. just reading yeah, about that on a lot of um, rainbows on Wikipedia. Yeah. And I just scrolled down to the picture, and there's just people at um, an LGBT festival holding up a picture of the place. this really highlights my point of this being a band instead now, <laughs> i don't know if black veil brides are uh gay or not but if they are that would actually fit my analogy perfectly but if they're not then well it's different because it's it's uh what's the is it golf that they dress as yeah i guess hey, uh, yeah see it's different mm. you know you know it's something that you wouldn't necessarily have considered uh, okay back in the day if we go back a few hundred years so you know it's like coming out as a good thing I don't know I feel like I'm digging a hole here but you yeah, get the point <laughs> <laughs> okay the Babadook um, was taken as a gay icon because someone on Tumblr said that the Babadook was openly gay that's it that is literally it <laughs> how okay, do these things happen <laughs> Icon. Well, the Icon, Babadook mate. hasn't come out and said it's false, so, you know. Yeah, true. That is true. Yeah. He might be. Come on, Babadook. We're, we're listening. Well, we're, I'm not listening. I don't want to say that, because if it does come out, I'm going to fucking shit myself. <laughs> yeah, true. He is kind of creepy. <sighs> it just doesn't get any sunlight. None at all. Mm. I do like the hat, though. It's a very nice hat. It's nice, isn't it? Jaunty. Very jaunty. Yeah. I think we've gone... Yeah, what were we talking about? Movie in this one. So, yeah. <laughs> again, Zed, so. <laughs> so, again, like, the deaths are quite, quite extreme in this one. A um, bit more than number four was. Um, what was your favourite kills in this one? Because there's some really good good deaths in this film. I mean, the death, again, spoilers. I've warned you already at the start of this podcast. So don't moan at me. Um, mine was kind of the unfortunate death of Dewey, because that was bloody hell that was brutal that kind of played on your tear ducts a little bit as uh, well yeah but it's just just the yeah just the, the ferocity of the kill and kind of the end but when she kind of goes i must you know it's the uh the second killer because obviously they just helped the other guy out but it's, you know, it's an honor like she's like 
I, I love killing you. <laughs> Thank you for being my victim. Um, no, that's such a brutal death. It reminds me a little bit of kind of um, Cece's death in the first movie when they kind of gut her. Yeah, I, I like that bit. What, what are your guys' thoughts and um, what are your favourite kill scenes? Um, Marcus? Uh, to be honest, I wasn't going to say Dewey just because, you know, Dewey. I don't want him to die, but... <laughs> Uh, yeah, no, to be fair, his death was probably the best in terms of how brutal it was, like you say. Uh, the fact that they literally put a knife in his front and back and lifted it up as well. It's just like, oh my god, it just got worse and worse. Mm-hmm. Like, just stabbing him wasn't enough. Um, but yeah, no, I, I like the uh, the final death as well. I can't remember what the girl's name is. Amber, I think it was. Mm-hmm. I like that, because exactly. that was just more of a... like They'd been ser- so serious throughout the film that when they joked about how they always come back and then suddenly she comes running in on fire still. It's like, like at that point, you know that they've just thrown a bit of a joke in there at the end, but it was funny and I liked that. (laughs) How about you, Mark? Um, How about you now? You just call me Mark. (laughs) That's your name. (laughs) I'm going to call you Marcus. Okay, of course you were. Uh, It it wasn't the first time. It wasn't the first time I called you Marcus. I'm not sure I really had a favourite kill. Sounds a bit weird, really. Um, (laughs) But I think we do have to talk about Dewey's death a bit more because, yeah, that was... I didn't really want that to happen because he's basically the only real, like, comic relief character they have. And Mm. I just... I don't want them to bring a different one because it's going to be like a Jar Jar Binks moment, I reckon, in like the next film. It's just going to be too over Jedi. the top and it's going to be horrible. Um, Randy comes back. Well, but when that character could have been um, definitely uh, Sheriff Hicks now, um, but then they killed her off yeah, as well. Off, she, wasn't yeah. even the, she wasn't even one of the originals. It was nice to see her back. Mm. Um, but yeah, with Dewey to death, I'd, I'd yeah, I'd rather that didn't happen, to be honest. I blame Game of Thrones and Last of Us for this sort of shit going on. They wouldn't have done this back in the olden days. <laughs> Killing off all their they decent to... characters. They had to kill somebody. Sydney. Kill Sydney. <laughs> <laughs> I, I did argue this on the group chat, actually. Would have been a clean break. And I'm not being funny, but she sort of stopped adding things to the story since, like, the second one. And I know Chloe's probably... A, punching a picture of me right now <laughs> that is just uh, got a voodoo doll just stabbing it yeah <laughs> why aren't these seriously working? though she's i don't know they've just i don't know she's just kind of bland you know mm. where dewey is why? a full rounded character i still think she should have died before yeah and she's still alive now I know, I know. Uh, right, let's find out what Chloe's favourite death is, then she can kind of berate you at the same time. Uh, <laughs> Chloe, what is your respect favourite death? his opinion, thank you very much. As much as it physically hurt me. Um, it's because she knows oh. I'm right. <laughs> no, I disagree. But, um, I mean, I guess it is time to move on from Sydney at this point, but um, I don't think she needed to die for that. You know, I think the whole point is that she does survive and she does endure everything and still manages to have a life. Anyway, my favorite death. There's so many good scenes in this. Like, I really loved the um, Wes and Judy's deaths. I thought they were so good. They did kind of two in one. It was brutal, and that whole scene leading up to Wes's death was so tense. And the audience reaction to that scene was so amazing. Seeing that for the first time, 
on opening night and everyone was just like holding on just like waiting for the the moment and just like laughing every time it didn't happen um i also mm, obviously love the, the passing of the torch <laughs> moment which was great um and <laughs> richie's death was so iconic when sam killed him it was like good for her like actually good for her <laughs> like her line when she killed him was so good <laughs> mm-hmm the, the passing of the torch one is my second favourite <laughs> What good is sitting alone in your room? Come hear the music play. Hi there, this is Russell from the Not Just For Kids podcast, popping into your podcast feed to tell you about our current series. We are taking a dive into the musical genre to take in everything from Oscar winning smash hits. Consider yourself at home. Consider yourself one of the family. I'm taking to you, so strong, it's clear, we're going to get along. To cult classics. Past cultural oddities. On to some more modern examples. So come join us for a few months of toe-tapping, finger-snapping, lyrical fun. Anybody want to add anything? <laughs> Apart from, you know, Niles wrong. <laughs> no, everybody's too scared to say it. <laughs> I'm not scared to say it. Oh, You're so it. brave. I mean, you did just tra- you did just transfer me 30 quid to stay quiet, so of course I'm not going to say anything. <laughs> if I knew I could pay you to stay quiet, I would have been doing that for years. Well, you can do, but obviously it's going gonna, it's gonna to be... It's going to cost me a fucking fortune. <laughs> yeah, we have inflation right. rates here. But no, I do want to add something. Um, mm. Can we sort of talk about the fact that Sam really had some Billy Loomis come into her, especially near the end? That sounded wrong. That's... Please rephrase that. <laughs> it's her good. dad, Niall. That's, that's even worse. Dead. That's brother. <laughs> oh, he's a dad, isn't it? Yeah. yeah. God, you <laughs> sick fucks. Brother, dad. <laughs> so, obviously, she's Backwards. a bit, she's a bit cuckoo, seeing uh, her dead father uh, just randomly in mirrors and shit. And he's just like, yeah, go on, cut some throats. Do it. You know you want to. I dare you. She's like, oh, he dared me. I, I can't not now. So obviously she uh, cuts uh, thingies. What's his name? The big old... Uh, what was the wet lettuce of her boyfriend? <laughs> what was it called? <laughs> Richie, Let's just call it. him wet lettuce. <laughs> right, anyway. So <laughs> wet lettuce decides to be a bit of a knob. And she then doesn't just kill him. She just brutalizes his body. And every stab she... Uh, did to that man just was uh, even better every time i just sat there i was like this is great i don't know why i'm cheering on this death <laughs> so much really i just really didn't it. like him <laughs> yeah she was smiling yeah, as well man. like she that was the loomis inside of her and it was great <laughs> i love that but i really hope that if they do make more screen films which i'm sure they will uh that comes into play i don't necessarily want her to be a villain mm-hmm. but 
I would love it if the characters weren't so helpless and like her, she just goes for it. <laughs> I imagine that is the way it's going though, isn't it? Just serial killer versus serial killer. <laughs> yeah, it's going to be a Freddy versus Jason sort of moment. She could be like a Dexter kind Scream of person. Versus... You know? mm. Very Dexter. I mean, they could Halloween it and kind of like with the niece in the kind of later movies and have her just kind of because what they were originally going to do with Jamie's character was make her psychically linked with Mark of um, Michael Myers and then she becomes the killer and that kind of thing. I mean, that could lead it that way. Where do people oh. live in Woodsboro? <laughs> Because it's like the, it's the equivalent of J. Oh, we can't say it, can we? Can we say it? What? It's what? like it's like really, isn't it? The equivalent, and in terms I'll, of I'll, I'll, uh, I'll bleep that out. <laughs> it's like beep because it's a cheaper area to live. You know, not necessarily being able to afford elsewhere. All the houses are really nice, <laughs> but everybody gets murdered every now That's and again. That's why they're so cheap. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. unlike. <laughs> It just looks like a shit <clears throat> I mean, it's, it's sure. Whatever floats your goose. <laughs> no, no, these houses have stilts. I tell no. you what, I tell you what they, they could do. Oh, made out of wood. They, they could, um, mm. what do they call it? They could bring Sam back as a bit of the, uh, the psychotic killer, but in a, a less uh, ghost-based way. Um, and then they could have Kirby come back and do some mad stuff and you know, do some snappy stabs. That'd be pretty cool. We'll go on to that in a moment, because that, that is a question I'm going to ask you guys in a bit as well. But before we get to that bit, who did you guys think was going to be the killer originally? I mean, once it's revealed, obviously it's, it's, obviously it's going to be the boyfriend, they kind of hinted at it from the start. But who did you kind of want it to be? I, I thought it could have been Wes before he kind of died off. That's kind of like a, I don't know, thing to kind of Red celebrate Wes Craven. Yeah, like a West Craven celebration kind of thing. Um, you know, he grew up through the events of Four. Um, he's seen his mother and Dewey go through all the stuff from the fourth movie. <clears throat> could have gone a little bit crazy. Uh, or could have been the main girl, Sam. And she could have gone very kind of switchblade romance, haunt tension, kind of very, very, very meta if they wanted to go a bit meta and kind of go, you know, it was all in her head in the first place. What did you guys think? What was your kind of killer predictions? So for me, I would probably say like, okay, but once I revealed that um, Richie, or sorry, Wet Lettuce was the uh, the killer, it, all the things that happened in the film made sense. I.e., when Dewey sort of called him out, it's like, oh, you know, it's the love interest. All that sort of made sense, and you think, oh my god, yeah, I should have realized that. But at the beginning. I wondered if they were going to do a really shitty thing where they said Sam was the killer and all these psychotic images that she was seeing throughout the film, hallucinations, was her thinking she wasn't the killer, but she actually was. And mm. I'm really glad they didn't go down that route. But in terms of who the killer actually was, other than that, I wasn't really sure because it could have been a mixture of people. I could think of a reason for a lot of them. That's it. Okay. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> uh, no, what about you? I knew Amber was going to be a killer. Knew it. Because oh, yeah, that's a, good point. a, she looked like one. <laughs> that's what I said. I said you're such a serial like killer face, right? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and, and B, they gave her about two lines before, you know, she was sussed out for being the murderer. And they were all very like, oh, I hope she's okay. 
And I was like, wait a minute. No one else gives a shit. <laughs> um, it was the boyfriend and the girlfriend. Yeah, see, I did have my doubts about the boyfriend on and off, but that's what they wanted you to feel, because it was just like, maybe that's too obvious. Maybe it's not obvious enough. And it was just flitting between it. So I think it did a good job with that. But yeah, I saw straight through Amber. Straight away I did. (laughs) (laughs) How about you, Chloe? So as soon as the cast list was announced for this film, me and my sister started making bets. So (laughs) 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 my guesses from the very start were Jack Wade, Richie and Dilmanette Wes. So I got one of them right. I won the bet. Um, but yeah, I'm, I'm, I kind of thought they would have to have a female killer. I don't know why. I just thought they're going to do it for sure. Right. Um, but yeah, Amber, I was, I was like, she's almost like too obvious. Like she's got that kind of vibe. Um, that's the thing. Sometimes the most obvious answer is the actual answer for these films. Um, but yeah, I loved, I loved Richie. Like I love Jack Quaid so much and I'm glad he was one of them because I think he played it really well. Yeah. Well, so once he came out as the murderer, it was actually a lot better than before. <laughs> it kind of puts mm-hmm. the rest of the film into perspective. <laughs> like I watched it twice. So watching the film, knowing what I knew again was really cool. And he's one of the better actors in this one. I mean, he's been quite popular with the kind of boys and what he's going to be up to Everybody recently. Everybody go watch Tragedy Girls. He was in that. Wow. <laughs> I've not seen that one yet. I have to get that go. Really? Yeah, that's good. But I think a lot of the, my kind of like one little nitpick of this movie is the acting wasn't great. A lot of the younger actors. Really? But um, yeah, I didn't, I thought Sam really grated on me. I don't know why, but um, he, he was very, very good. Then I, I like him from other stuff he's doing, but I think you don't get an awful lot from him. The characters are a bit, some of the characters are very forgettable. Well, kind of like the main ones, like the Amber character, she's kind of forgettable. Yeah, that was she's not like though, she's not like Billy and Stu, but they weren't as kind of forgettable as a whole. They, they were quite big, vibrant characters, where she wasn't as much. Are you sure that wasn't because Stu was shaggy, and that's all we obsessed about? <laughs> yeah. no, see, I'm, I'm I'm older than you, Marcus. <laughs> <laughs> I'm older than you. I watched this before he discovered. <laughs> nah, shaggy all the way. I don't care. Yeah, I do know him as shaggy as well. To be fair. Oh, there you go. So, um, any any other moments that you guys really enjoyed, or anything that really kind of bugged you about the movie? Um, nothing really bugged me about it, actually. Um, not like the other ones. There's always been something with a screen film that always rubs me up the wrong way. Mm. Um, well, I I actually think this one's the best Ooh. one. I've had a think about it, and. Yeah, I do. I did like the first one, but I think just the. I don't know. I think this one was written down like beforehand. They seemed to know where they were going with it before they sort of started filming, which I don't always mm. get the feeling from a screen film. I think they kind of had to to get the original cast to actually even do the film because yeah. without with Craven on board, I think they were quite apprehensive. I do think the other ones were sort but, of yeah, subject turns out to it's one probably scene better as well. to do it that way. <laughs> Yeah, that as well. You don't kind of want anything to be doing with Weinstein. Oh, he kind yeah. of meddled with a few of them. Yeah, which is Probably hilarious when you think about what the third one's about. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> I think mean, that bastard. Did it, do you reckon? 
<laughs> it's a shame that he's connected to so many oh, great, great horror franchises. It's such a shame. Uh, how about you, Marcus? Yeah, no, bits that I liked, uh, pretty much what I said already about the killings and that. Um, I think I do agree with Niall. This is probably one of the best screen films, but you've also got to consider that the first one came out in 1996 and this one is, you know, 20, what, 24, six Five. years later? Yeah. Yeah, 26 years later. So it there's a bit of a difference in terms of what they can do in that. Hey, um, wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute. No. Wait a minute. Right. Con Air is almost that old. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> Here we go. You can't say there was no good films back then. <laughs> no, not that. In terms of the Scream franchise, the evolution, as in they've had twenty six years to. Yeah, I am saying that right. Is it it is because that's the year I was born. Yeah, twenty six. Twenty five. Hey, there we go. So they've had twenty six years to really think things through, and uh, it's gotten better. Uh, so I like that. I I'm really annoyed that they killed Dewey. I I wanted him to live, but I understand. I, I he do. was guaranteed to go. I do feel. <laughs> Yeah, I feel like they do need to get rid of Sydney, even if she just like doesn't appear in the films until I don't know four or five films down the line, and then suddenly it's we're gonna speak to someone who knows how to solve this, and it's like old version of Sydney. There you go. That's an idea. <laughs> Hello. Yeah, it's like we're gonna visit someone who will help us with this, and it's literally it's an old face like, up with like walking sticks. <laughs> help yeah, me out of my chair. To basically yeah. Halloween it and yeah. do a Jamie Lee Curtis. God, yeah, yeah. There is one thing. It it worked actually. No, Halloween reboot really worked. There is one thing that I didn't like about the film, and this goes for all five of the films. They have a voice changer for Ghostface. Now, I don't know if any of you ever used a voice changer, but if I was to speak in a voice changer, one, not only would you be able to in the background hear my actual voice, but it changes the pitch. If Niall was to use the same voice changer. It wouldn't sound the exact same as Ghostface. It would be a slightly different version of Ghostface. And again, you make that you sound it's... like you use voice changers quite a lot. What do you want to? Like about you? I've had I've had my fair share of voice changes in the past. Are Point you is, the <laughs> okay. Speak speak louder into this microphone, not I can tell the police about. Go for it. Trust me, they're already looking into it. He's definitely on the watch list. <laughs> Look, mm. I, there's three strikes, and I may have had two of them, but I've not had my third yet. I but really point... want to see your Google history. Like, seriously, <laughs> no, I, I worry about you already. No, you but... don't. <laughs> Look, we, we all know he spends a lot of time in woods, okay? So just... yeah, Not anymore, actually. Banned. No? No, no one will go with me. <laughs> Didn't know you could ban <laughs> someone surprised. from the woods. <laughs> no, the but thing I don't like about the, the ghost things, though, ghost things, ghost face uh, voice changes, is that they're just so unrealistic, especially as they make it so easy to get hold of them. And the fact that in the hospital, they just press a button and suddenly their voice changes like, nah, that just doesn't happen. You're right. The whole franchise is ruined for me now because it was so exactly. really, it was believable before. <laughs> it was. It really was. The fact that a, a young... <laughs> Exactly. The <laughs> fact that a young lady can apparently overpower all fully grown adults uh, as well, just because they have a knife and a costume on. It was realistic. Yeah. So but... the, at, do you know what? Out of the four of us, you were the last person I thought would take this more seriously <laughs> than we did. <laughs> really thought it would be Niall. <laughs> I know. <laughs> oh, when, when they used the voice changer, Marcus actually stood up in the cinema and went, nope, I'm going. <laughs> We had to drag him back. I'll see you lie outside. I was actually crying as well. This is too far! <laughs> yeah. His girlfriend had to make him feel better afterwards. He's just, you know, it's ridiculous. Yeah, he gave me a pat on the head. Gave me a few yeah. snacks. Cheer me up. 
All right, Alpha. <laughs> How about you, Chloe? Um, what, what was the question again? Was it moments I liked? <laughs> I forgot what was on track. <laughs> yes, so not the only I one. laughed, but I honestly can't remember either. I think the question about was voice what, did, what else did I like and what did I not like? Well, I don't think there was anything that I hated. Um, yeah. I really loved um, Mindy, played by Jasmine Savoy Brown. She is becoming a favourite of mine. She's in a TV series called Yellow Jackets, and I'm once again begging everyone to go watch that show because she's so good. Which one? Yeah, good things. Yellow Jackets. It's really good. It's um, it's about like a group of teenagers who were like on a football team, and they their plane crashes is when they're going to nationals, and they kind of end up living in like, you know, on a on an island somewhere, cannibalizing stuff. It's really cool. Um, <laughs> so she's in that. And which character was she in? Um, she was Mindy, um, who my friend didn't like, and I was very. I felt personally attacked by that because I thought she was awesome. And also loved the guy who plays her brother, Chad, um, Mason Gooding. Oh, yeah, she was. Yeah, my so favorite. she was so I'm cool. I'm glad she right? survived at the end. And I just, I think she's so cool. Um, and yeah, Chad as well. I thought they were a great pair um, as sort of siblings that kind of, um, you know, bounce off each other quite well. Um, yeah, so I love those two. And I just think most of the people in this film were, were really great, you know? No, no, it's just really like the world. <laughs> so, is this going to be a bloody good screen? So, starting with Marcus, what would you call this a bloody good screen? Ultra bloody good screen, or just a, a part, a steaming pile of crap? <laughs> I would, I'd call this a bloody good screen. It's not an ultimate. It's not a pile of crap. It is a good film. It really is, but it's just not Con Air. <laughs> that is true, and that is the gold standard at which we must um, apply everything yeah. to now. Yeah, do you know what would make this film actually so much better? Just a have plane. Nicolas Cage. In, uh, yeah, a plane, actually. A plane of convicts. That John would make it so much with a voice changer. Oh my god, yes. He doesn't even need a voice changer. He is Ghostface. Oh, there you go. No, what about you? Um, I'm with Marcus on this one. <laughs> yes. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I don't uh, know we, we, say we, that. Just, <laughs> just, just rename the podcast, Is It Better Than Connor? <laughs> oh, that's Does it have Nick Cage in? Then that nah, shit. <laughs> <laughs> to be fair, not many things are though. I can't uh, think of any. We have to find it, won't we? Have to find it. Mm. Um, I'm going to give this an ultimate blade of screen for me. I really enjoyed Ooh. the movie. Um, yeah, it's kind of my second favorite after Scream Four now. So, yay, uh, Chloe! What are your? Uh, is it blade yeah, of screen? I give it an ultimate. Um, I really enjoyed it both times I saw it. And I think it's pretty high on my rankings. So, Talking about rankings, what are your overall rankings? I'm going to start with Chloe, because uh, you mentioned about the rankings straight away. So what would you rank your five films? I'd probably go one, and then I can't decide between two and five. They kind of draw, and then four and three. Mm. But just to be clear, I love all of them. <laughs> That's so good. Fair enough, fair enough. Mine at the moment is four, five, two, one, three. Mm. Anybody tuning in now? Uh, we're just talking about our favourite numbers. Uh, <laughs> I, I like numbers. I like um, nine. Nine's my favourite. About seven. Because <laughs> seven, eight, nine? I hate seven. Never say that number to me again. Oh. <laughs> no, you're screaming rankings. Uh, I would go five, one, two, and then I don't really give a shit about the other two. <laughs> Fair enough. Uh, <laughs> Marcus, your, your five scream films ranked, please. I would go. Um, oh, okay. Before I go for the rankings, I just want to add uh, 
why seven eight nine and that is because it's good to eat three squared meals a day you're a loser <laughs> <laughs> yeah nah, that was okay right anyway rankings <laughs> i would go uh five one two four and three Three is always going to be the last one. Every time. Yeah, it's a bit shit, really, isn't it? That's uh, all right. Don't get I me wrong. I think it was on par with four, to be honest. I only, oh. I only like Ooh. four because it had Hicks in it and Dewey didn't die. I didn't like four. Four was way better. Four was trying four was... so hard. There was lemon squares. <laughs> Were there? It's such a good film. Yeah. You know yeah. the... um, What do you call it? The... Lady Sheriff, uh, Deputy Hicks. Oh, I yeah. just said her name. Oh, uh, yeah. yeah, I remember the Lemon Squares now. Yeah, when she it seemed like sort shit. of kind of crazy, which is like, hey, and, do you want a, and there was a slight hint in that on the fridge in this movie. Lemon Squares in the fridge. Oh, yeah. She has that one recipe and she doesn't change. She's <laughs> yeah, like, they have that for breakfast, dinner, and lunch <laughs> every single day. <laughs> That's why Wes was so skinny. He just doesn't eat. <laughs> What's funny is they don't have dessert. No, they don't. That, that'd just be absurd. Mm. You can't have dessert as well as a main as cake there. Unless you have something yeah. savoury as dessert, like a steak. <laughs> what a backwards world they live in. <laughs> steak and ice cream. <laughs> oh, that sounds pretty good. Depends what flavour the ice cream is. I mean, if it's like bacon flavoured. What am I talking about? Pistachios. Bacon ice cream from Sansa. <laughs> oh, that'd be pretty <laughs> good. I guys do a bacon milkshake, but I'm too scared to try it. That just sounds like mm. cholesterol in a cup. Yep. You gotta die of something. Nice. Yeah. Okay. Making <laughs> <laughs> ice cream. Lovely. Well, there we go. <clears throat> so that is, well that is Scream Five. Um a stellar entry into the franchise, quite high on all of our lists. And I am looking forward to rewatching this one. So that is this this month's extra. So um do go and see the film if you haven't seen it. I don't know why you listen to this if you haven't seen it. Um, but yeah, do, do give us your thoughts on the new screen movies in the uh, links below or come and talk over us to us on or go and talk to us over on Twitter. Or if um, you see any of us in the street, just yeah. No, don't, don't, don't interact. I <laughs> know what we look like now. <laughs> I just look at the ground and walk faster. <laughs> I've never I seen a fucking, horror film. I will. I usually I will fucking burn you all if you come over fucking near me. I anyway. usually smile and I just walk away. <laughs> And then you yeah, follow them. Normally, yeah, because normally you're half in the witch markers. <laughs> Apparently, taking your clothes off is not the right response to do when someone says hello. That's well, hey, hope, live and learn. <laughs> <laughs> Works one in ten people, I tell you. I I am so surprised how you managed to get such a lovely girlfriend. <laughs> <laughs> She's quite quiet. She might be a bit messed up. You don't know. <laughs> oh, I'll be sure to tell her. <laughs> as always, a huge thank you to our sponsor, Bonwood Book Club, as well. Uh, they've been sponsoring the podcasts for a very, very long time. They are the UK's best horror thriller book box service, bringing all the wonders of a haunted bookshop right to your door every month. You have two amazing boxes the Full Guts box, which includes a brand new book, a possibly haunted second hand book, and either a magazine or another indie title as well as a UK snack, hot drinks, and a spooky surprise. If you fancy the books, then that's it. Then you can go for the bare, bo- you can go for the bare bones box as well. Head on over to a Bonneville Book Club at createjoy.com. Um, they'll be ready for the March box if you go over there now. Use the code BloodGoodReads, and you can also get 10% off your first box. 
do not miss out on the offer. It's a great way to spend your time every month reading the book. So that is always good. Uh, you can also follow us over on Twitter at Bloody Good Screen, uh, at Bloody Underscore Screen, Instagram at Bloody Good Reads, and on the Slasher app at Bloody Good Reads as well. Um, Slasher app is pretty much just Facebook for horror fans. So if you are a huge horror fan, I highly recommend going up and signing up on there. And if you are enjoying the show so far, either us or Bloody Good Reads, do go give it a five-star review over on Spotify. Uh, Apple Podcasts soon. This will be up, up on Apple Podcasts, but Bloody Good Reads is. And, yeah, just let us know what you think of the show. It really helps us get found by more people. I have been your host, my God. And it's goodbye from me. Goodbye from Chloe. Bye. Goodbye from Nar. Littles. And goodbye from Marcus. Toodles. So, Hellraiser 2 is on par with Conair. No, Hellraiser 2 is better, obviously. Mm, would you say? Oh my god, Hellraiser with Nick Cage in it. <laughs> okay, uh, what would you call that? Um, uh, I would call that Nicolas Cage meets... Hell- no, I mean, <laughs> we need to think about this one. We need to think about it. Okay. No, let's uh, throw Kermit the Frog in there just to mix up a bit as well. But Kermit the Frog's the evil one and Nick Cage is the saviour good guy. You need to stop drinking. <laughs>